The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. And now through the end of December, you can go to RighteousFelon.com and use the discount code POD20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. That's promo code POD20 at RighteousFelon.com, valid through 12-31-2022. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions preview podcast. It is week 15, four weeks left to go in the regular season. Uh, and we are in the midst of a Detroit Lions run. They're 5-1 in their last games, but now... The New York Jets, another opponent with a winning record, uh, second one in a row for the Lions. They obviously beat the Minnesota Vikings last week. Got to go on the road this time, but my name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the producer of Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online. Me uh, With me, as always, to preview uh, the upcoming opponent is senior editor of Pride of Detroit at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan Matthews, how we doing, buddy? Man, I just love the sound of... Last week, the Lions beat the Minnesota Vikings. Like, I'm kind of like it's Thursday. I know that we, we, I mean, Dan Campbell gives all of his players 24 hours to celebrate and then it's on to uh, the next week and the next opponent. But like, are, are you still kind of riding that high, riding that bit. wave? For sure. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, it, and it's not just the Minnesota wave. This is, I mean, five and one football right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. But the concern is, I think that this is probably their, most difficult test the rest of the way for oh for sure the rest of the way i think one of maybe arguably one of their most difficult tests uh for the entire season i know that sounds a little drastic but i think i think it's because of the matchup and we're going to get into all of that right now with our special guest from gangrene nation the deputy manager mcgregor wells is here mcgregor thanks for joining us man thanks for having me thanks for having me it's been uh great to be on and uh, i look forward to this conversation great yeah, let's uh let's jump right into it. I wanna I wanna start with the the Jets offense um because it's less scary 
and we need to ease our, our listeners into this. Um, let, let's, and, and I got to start with quarterback, right? Let, let's talk. It, it certainly sounds like Mike White, Mike White is going to play in this game. So we'll focus our discussion on him. Um, played the last three weeks up and down, has a really good game against Chicago and then maybe cools off a little bit. Um, what is the, what is the real Mike White? What, what is he good at? What is his level of play? What's your level of confidence in him? Uh, I would say Mike White is an ad- adequate NFL quarterback right now. I, I think he's good enough to start in this league, although that, you know, we've got like five games so far. So well, who's, who knows? I mean, things can change. But I think what he does well is he gets the ball out very quickly. Um, he uh, He's accurate. Uh, he makes a quick read. He goes through his progressions well. Um, but uh, I don't see anything that makes him look uh, special. Uh, I don't see anything that you see. Wow. Look, look at that play. Look, look, look. He just seems like he's somebody who can go in there, get the job done on an adequate basis. Now, could that change? Sure. I mean, guys can develop, guys can surprise me, but right, as of right now, I don't see him as a special quarterback. I don't see this as guy's long range solution, but he's certainly better than uh, Zach Wilson was uh, in the time he was in. I mean, Zach Wilson, uh, had some special moments um, and there, he, he was showing some things that were special, but those were, you know, very few and far between. And it, it was interspersed with the long stretches of just terrible quarterback play, doing all sorts of things that you just can't do in the NFL. Um, so you won't get those lows from Mike White. You won't probably get a lot of huge highs from Mike White either. Um, that's how I would describe it. Well, that, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you, McGregor, is like, the Lions are up against an opponent that's in a unique situation where their starting quarterback for all intents and purposes is Mike White, but he is dealing with a rib injury right now. And it was kind of like big news that Robert Sala went back to Zach Wilson being the backup quarterback. And I, I, I guess, you know, you, you kind of summed up the whole Zach Wilson situation, but um, I, I want to know a little bit more about like, who's Mike White's like security blanket, like through these, you know, few games that he's played so far this year, which wide receiver does it seem like, or maybe even a tight end, does it seem like he he has some chemistry with? Uh, I would say Garrett Wilson is definitely uh, his security blanket. Um, Garrett Wilson has really come into his own since Mike White started, you know, playing quarterback for the Jets. Uh, he's been just dominating. Um, and it, it's, Garrett Wilson is a really special rookie. Um but I will say this, Mike White spreads the ball around a ball around a lot. I mean, he 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 you see games where he's, his first you know 11 passes 10 different targets. Um, so it's not a situation where he's just like, I'm gonna throw the ball to Garrett Wilson regardless. But Garrett Wilson is the best receiver on the team, so he's gonna get the majority of the, the, the looks. Uh tell tell me, like I haven't really watched a lot of, of Garrett Wilson. So tell me, tell me what makes him such special such a special player and and I guess how he's already made such a, an immediate impact on that offense. Garrett Wilson is is uh, different as a receiver. He, he has moves that you just don't see very often. Um, he's very herky-jerky style that you wouldn't teach to anybody, but it really does wonders for getting him separation. This is what he's the best at is getting separation. He has occasional uh, absence and concentration where he'll drop balls that, you know, right in his hands, not difficult catches. Um, and he will um, not – probably ever be a big contested uh, target guy unless he puts on some pounds. He's he's a fairly slight build, but he is terrific at, at, at creating separation. Um, he he gets a lot of separation on most of his, his routes. Um, and, you know, it, 
that's that's the thing that 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 really makes him special. As far as uh, red zone targets, I'm not so sure. At least at this point, that he's graded that because he's not a real physical receiver. And as these things get compressed, you need to be able to you know need to be able to wall people off and 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 make contested catches. And that's not his really specialty right now. So you don't see a lot of touchdown on his resumes right now. Right. But that that may that may improve in time. Well, one other receiver that I'm interested to to hear a little bit more about um, from the Jets for for this season is uh, somebody who's local, familiar, uh, Corey Davis, Western Michigan product. Um, I, I was just going through the Jets wide receiver statistics, and I saw that you know he has like 48, 49 targets or something like that, twenty six catches, but like he's averaging seventeen point seven yards a catch, like. I don't know, like, tell me a little bit about, like, how I'm supposed to understand how he's been, like, almost, like, double the targets that he has catches. And then on top of that, like, I think that's, like, third in the NFL in yards per reception. So, like, is Corey Davis, like, this big play threat? That's the way they're using Corey Davis as a big play threat. Um, I'm not sure that's his ideal usage. He, He doesn't have, you know, super speed for an NFL player. He's got good speed. I'm not saying he's slow, but... Um, this is not a guy who's a burner, um, but he's very effective uh, downfield in, in, in making contested catches. He does a good job getting some separation. Um, he doesn't mind going across the middle. He's a physical player. And um, yeah, Corey Davis has been a really good wide receiver, too. The, the, the issue with him really is availability. He, he missed, I don't know, maybe nine games, seven games, something like that last year. And, and again, he's missed three games this year and maybe out for this game as well. He's got a concussion. So, um the issue really for Corey Davis is, is he, is he available? Because when he's available, he's the second best receiver on this team by, I think, fairly wide margin. He's um, overlooked because uh, he hasn't been playing a lot for the Jets, but he, he's, a, he's a good, solid threat. And he's probably the best red zone threat for the, the Jets as well. So if, if Corey Davis does miss this game due to a concussion, who's a guy that maybe in that receiving core that, that could step in his place that, that Lions fans should know about? Uh, the guy would be Denzel Mims, uh, mm-hmm. who's in his third year and has had all kinds of problems. Um, he had a fairly effective rookie. You're not nothing to write home about, but he was only playing in the second half of the season. He got something like 400 something yards, and he was you know, he was doing okay. He was de- developing, and then the second year is just the, the bottom fell out. He just was horrific, and the coaches lost faith in him, and he just wasn't even getting on the field. He was not even active on game day sometimes, and then. This year he started out the same way, and then something kind of clicked, and he's he's done better. He's he's not as a receiver Corey Davis is. It, it, that's that's a definite downgrade, but he has improved, and he's not tired when he is good at, at at the deep balls. He's probably better than Corey Davis at straight as a straight deep threat, but he doesn't do much of anything else. He's not the kind of guy who's going to be a great route runner or you know do a lot of the sort work or you know he's he's strictly I think a deep threat, but he does do that well. Um, I, I need to go, oh, ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I got you. Got it. Okay. Yeah. No. So I, I, I want to move this to the the running game, McGregor, and I want to talk a little bit about what the Jets can do on the ground because early in the season they have Brees Hall. He's just an absolute dynamic player. I mean, kind of a spoil of riches having Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall in your offense at the same time. But like, I mean, kids averaging like almost six yards a carry. You know, touchdowns left and right, plays seven games, and then he suffers that really devastating ACL injury. Talk about how the Jets have kind of picked up the pieces since that injury. It's been difficult. I mean, Brees Hall was playing like a star, and the Jets haven't had a star running back in in quite a while. Um, 
they uh, tried to fill in with Michael Carter, and Michael Carter was a fourth-round draft pick last year, and he had a pretty good year last year. He's really not doing very well this year. Um, and, and they tried to fill in with Ty Johnson and other players. They finally turned to Zonovan Knight, uh, who's an undrafted free agent um, rookie this year, who's actually done really well. Um, surprised me because I saw him in preseason, and I didn't think he had the burst that you need as an NFL runner. So I, I pegged him as, as sort of a, on the, the terms of baseball, terms of 4A player, um, that he's just sort of between practice squad and back of the end. And, I, you know, he's turned out to be really good. And it really surprised the hell out of me. Now, it's only three day, three games now, but each game I think he's had over 100 yards from scrimmage, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. Um, and uh, he's been explosive. Um, so Gets fans are pretty excited about this guy, and we'll see if he can continue. But it's just three games. It's a small sample. But what we've seen so far is far better than anything we thought we'd get from him. And he'll, he'll be the, the lead back on Sunday. Well, I think the the last piece of the puzzle here of this Jets offense is is the offensive line. Um, I know there's kind of been a bit of a, a carousel at right tackle, um, but tell tell me about kind of the strengths and weaknesses of the entire unit uh, in general, and then and then maybe dive into that right tackle situation. The Jets' offensive line has has been just devastated by injuries. Uh, that Mackay Becton is out for the year; he's been out all year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that was the purported starting left tackle. Um, the starting right tackle was going to be George Fant. He's been out most of the year. He's got an injury list again this week. I don't know what his status is right now. Um, so the, the tackles, and and it goes beyond that. I mean, they've also lost uh, uh, Max Mitchell, who was a backup tackle, was in there for a couple of games. They lost Elijah Vera Tucker, who was the starting guard, and then it's moved over to tackle, and then he was injured then too. I mean, the Jets are down to like, you know, this fourth string tackle. It's, it's, it's a bad situation, but um, so the tackles aren't great. They did sign Dwayne Brown, who was a Pro Bowl guy last year. Um, he hasn't played to that level this year, but he's solid, I guess. Um, George Fant is also kind of solid if he's going to be in there. I don't know if he's going to play. If he's not going to play, I don't know who's going to play. Mike Remmers, maybe. It's just, it's not a good situation. Um, the guards are, uh, they were supposed to be Elijah Vera Tucker and Lincoln Tomlinson. Vera Tucker's been out for the year. Um, so Lincoln Tomlinson's done a really nice job. After struggling for three or four games, he was really bad, and then he's kind of turned it around. I think that may be tied into you're going with a whole new group of guys, and you have to get used to them, and they have to get used to a new system and all that. That's my explanation. I don't know if it's right or not, but that, that's the way I view it. Um, and the, 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 the other guard is Nate Herbig, and he's sort of a waiver wire pickup, and he's actually performed much better than I expected. He's sort of an average NFL guard. He's not, not a star, but... He's done well in what he's done uh, to fill in. Um, and then the center is Connor McGovern, who I think is probably a top 10 center in the league. Um, they do better at, at pass protection than than run blocking. Um, uh, they do pretty well at pass protection. They didn't last week. They got kind of dominated last week. But over the course of the season, they, they've done pretty well at pass protection. Run blocking has not been a strong suit. They, only only um, uh, Brees Hall has been able to do much when they run a game. Of course, Donovan Knight, slightly but uh for most of the season the running game has had to struggle a little bit because i think it's not just the running backs i think the the line has been a problem so i i don't know how well you know the lines but if if you're if you're at least a little bit familiar with the lines where where would you say maybe the biggest mismatch in their favor is in this particular matchup when it comes to the jets offense versus lines defense in the jets favor in the in the lions favor in the lions favor in the lions Lions um uh, so the Jets offense versus the Lions defense. Um, I would say uh, 
there's going to be a, a problem for the Jets running the ball. That's that would be my guess. I think yeah. the Jets are going to have a, a rough time running the ball this week. Um, and if they can't run the ball, you have an issue where Mike White is not very mobile and he's dealing with a rib injury. And I think, you know, the Lions pass rush seems to, you guys know this better than I do, but I think the Lions pass rush seemed to pick up recently. Yeah. Yep. And, and, the, and the Jets pass protection has been somewhat shaky. So I think you may have a, a field day going after a guy with rib, rib injury and not very mobile. So I, the one saving grace to that is that Mike White does get the ball out quick, which is a way to neutralize the pass rush. Yeah. And I think, I think the Lions coaches have mentioned that specifically about Mike White and, you know, the, the, the emphasis in Detroit's camp is, is tackle. Just, you got to be able to tackle right. this because jets are pretty good at breaking tackles. And and yeah, if they're, if they're just going to get rid of the ball quick, um, not much else you can do about that really. Um, right. But the, the interesting thing about this matchup too, Ryan, um, is, is if you saw the injury report today, Aiden Hutchinson dealing with an illness. Um, we don't know if, if that's going to jeopardize his, his ability to play this week, but Jeff Okuda had an illness last week and he played, but only played a half of football. So um, that'll, that'll kind of be a key thing to watch over the next couple of days here. Get the IV bags ready, <laughs> get them right. ready. Um, and, and also Mike Hughes too with illness too as, right. as well. Right. And, and, you know, he did a bang up job um, filling in for, for Will Harris last week. And I know Will Harris is trending in the right direction, but you want to have as much of that depth and you want to have your starter Aiden Hutchinson out there, no matter what. For sure. Um, all right, let's take a break here. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the strength versus strength matchup of this game. Lions offense versus Jets defense. Then we'll get into some predictions when we come back here on first bite. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back here on First Bite talking Lions Jets here with McGregor Wells over from Gang Green Nation. Uh, now we're getting into the Lions offense versus the Jets defense. And I think I just, I have to start that's Sauce Gardner, um, one of the guys that that I was a big fan of in the draft process. Um, even even wrote an article saying that the Lions should draft him, although that was more of an obligation than it may be true feeling. Um, I appreciate you admitting that. <laughs> yeah, but um, I get here. I, I have so many questions about him, but I'll start with how the Jets utilize him because, if I'm not mistaken, 
he stays on one side of the field. He doesn't necessarily follow any receivers around. He's always on the outside. I believe always on the left side. Um, what one? Why do you think that is? And two, do you think that that could be an advantage for the offense to just like okay, if he's always going to stay on the left, I'm just going to put the receiver on the right. Right. I, I think that's the reason they do it. One of the reasons they do it, I think, is is the other cornerback, DJ Reed is much more comfortable on the right side. Mm. So um, if they have sauce travel, they put DJ Reed in a position he's not comfortable with. And yeah. DJ Reed has been really good on his own, in his own right. Um, so they, I don't think they want to mess with that. Um, so it, it, can it help the opponents that sauce doesn't travel? Yeah, I think it can, but you know, not a lot of cornerbacks travel these days. It, sure. it used to be a much more a common thing. And, and I think, because DJ Reed is on the other side, I don't think it really hurts the Jets that much. DJ Reed is having a terrific year. Um, yeah. Not saying he's as good as Sauce, he's not, but he's not that far off. So, um, I mean, that's the that's the biggest strength of the Jets. Those two cornerbacks. Those two cornerbacks have not been dominated by anyone all year. Now, I mean, they played some some old pro receivers. Nobody's yeah. dominated them. So, um, it, that's the biggest strength of the Jets defense. Yeah, I, I think that the term island cornerback gets thrown around way too loosely um, from the way that Sauce has played this season. Like, it seems like it's a moniker that he should definitely wear. Um, just, I mean, gaudy stats, Jeremy. I mean, the guy is every bit of a shutdown corner as you can think. So, but again, like you said, uh, McGregor, I mean, the the Jets have another guy on the other side too that can, that can hold things down in DJ Reed. You said that the... The you know the two cornerbacks that tandem right there might be the best thing that the Jets have going for them on their defense. A close second has to be their pass rush. I mean, when you have a guy like Quinn and Williams in the middle, and I know that he's as Salah said, you know, fifty fifty to play, and um, you know, we'll, we'll see if he's on the field. But if he's on the field, he's just an absolute game changer. Yeah, he has dominated this year, and that has not really been the case up until this year. He's been a good player. He's always been a good player, but never a great player. This year, I mean, you can argue he's the best defensive tackle in football this year. I mean, I mean, I don't know the Aaron Dalton out there, but this particular year, uh, you can definitely make the argument that Quentin Williams is the best in the NFL, and he's just creating havoc. And now, I don't know if he's going to play. I suspect he's not going to play, and I suspect if he does play, he'll be hobbled. But I don't have any inside information on this. This is just my guess. Um, so yeah, if he if he's out, that's a big problem for the Jets. But I'll tell you this: the Jets' defensive line is the deepest position on the mm-hmm. team. The Jets have cornerbacks are the strongest. The Jets' defensive line is the deepest. They have really capable backups to Quinn Williams. Um, and, you know, Sheldon Rankins is having an excellent year in his own right. Nathan Shepard is having the best year of his career. Um, it's not going to be, you know, Quinn is there out, and so, therefore, it's a big problem. For the, it, it will be a problem. It's much worse than if he's in there. But it's still, it's a solid group without them. Can you can you talk a little bit more about that depth that the Jets have along that defensive line? Because as, as I was digging into, you know, who the Jets are and, and what they do so successfully, like a guy like John Franklin Myers pops up and it's like, oh, he's just a guy who has 36 pressures and, you know, a handful of sacks. And, oh, look, it's veteran Carl Lawson who has 36 pressures and has a bunch of sacks to his name. So, like, talk about, like, what has all of a sudden clicked this season that like you have Quinnen and you have these guys on the edges that are also just dominating too? I think one of the things that's happened is um, last year, Carl Lawson was out. 
Um, he was he, he tore his Achilles tendon and he, he was out all year. And Carl Austin puts a lot of pressure on a quarterback. So this year he's back and he's playing pretty much as well as he's always played. So you have Carl Austin on one side putting a ton of pressure on. You have um, John Franklin Myers on the other side putting a ton of pressure on. You have Bryce Huff coming in as a situational, situational pass by rusher who is absolutely lightning off the edge. Now he's terrible against the run. He's not going to be in there except if it's a passing situation. But when it is a passing situation, I believe he's been timed as the fastest guy in the NFL off the edge. Um, so he puts a lot of pressure on that. Now, so when you have all these guys, that gives Quinn and Williams a lot less pressure on him to produce all the pass rush. I mean, you, can, you can't double team everybody. Um, and and also Sheldon Rankins is also having a better year this year. I think they all sort of you know feed on each other because – instead of just one guy being there and, and you can always uh, deal with one guy, right? You can put enough guys on that guy that you can neutralize them. The Jets have five or six guys that can put a ton of pressure on the quarterback. So if you neutralize Quinn, which you can do, well, these other guys are going to be freed up and then they're going to get after the quarterback. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it, there's a, there's a, the Jets have made a huge priority in getting a lot of guys there. And I don't know if they can continue to spend all the, re, the resources there. These guys are going to come up for raises and stuff. And I don't know if they're going to keep them all, but for this year, that's a really deep group. I mean, that's, that's like the whole San Francisco 49ers, Robert Sala thing. Right. Um, and, right. And, and, and Jared Goff talked about that too. He's like, you know, he played obviously in the, in the NFC West for a long time. So he's, he's got that experience against the 49ers and, and knows the kind of damage they can do just with the pass rush. Um, but I want to move to the middle of the field and I want to start with uh nickel corner because, um, you know, because, uh, you know, in, in general sauce doesn't travel. I, I think a lot of people are like, Oh, sauce first. I'm on Ron. Well, I don't think that that matchup is really going to play out on the field. It's going to be more against the nickel corner. So, so tell us more about who that nickel corner is for the Jets and how he's been playing. Michael Carter is the Jets nickel corner and he's had a terrific year. Um, uh, that doesn't mean he's going to have tremendous success against, you know, Amon Ra. I mean, that's a very difficult matchup. So I could see him being embarrassed in this game. I could see it being a good game. I, I you know, th- this could play out any number of ways. Um, I'll, I'll say is Michael Carter has been having a terrific year um, at, at nickel corner. He's small, so he's not really very good in run support. Um, so you can definitely exploit that advantage. Um, but as far as just coverage, I think he's been really good. And uh, he's had a shot. I'm not saying he's going to dominate this. This is a very tough matchup, yeah. but he's got a shot. If the Lions are going to work the middle of the field, right? I mean, if Amon Ross St. Brown is the guy to do it, and, you know, I, I guess I'm hoping the Lions can move the ball on, on the ground when it when it comes to their rushing attack. So, like, can you talk a little bit, McGregor, about, like, what the Jets' run defense is, where its strengths are, and maybe where it, some of its uh, weaknesses might be? The Jets have good um, run linebackers, run defense linebackers, um, and they have a good interior line. So that that's – that goes a long way, but the Jets have a vulnerability in that they play the wide nine defense. So they have their edges going way wide on both sides of the field. And that opens up a gap between um, the, 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 the guard and the tackle on each side. And so you can run on each gap and get good yardage there against the Jets. Now, if all you do is try to run the ball and you don't pass the ball, the, the Jets will close that up with their safeties and their linebackers. But if you have a balanced attack, that is a vulnerability I think that could be exploited against the Jets. Uh, but I'll tell you what, though, that's not the best way to beat the Jets. The best way to beat the Jets is is isolating running backs, tight ends, and slot receivers against the Jets' linebackers and safeties because those guys are not great in coverage. 
You will go after the cornerbacks. I mean, look, any cornerback can be beaten anytime, right? But over the course of a game, this is not the way to go. You don't go after the cornerbacks and the Jets. You go after the safeties and the linebackers. They can't cover it all that well. The linebackers are terrible in coverage. The safeties are ass so-so. So that's to me is where the best way to exploit the Jets' weaknesses is to hit them with linebacker, uh, I'm sorry, tight ends, running backs, and slot receivers and try to isolate them on the linebackers' safeties. That's a, a matchup that you should win. It's an interesting. I feel like it's been a little bit since we've seen like DeAndre Swift included in the passing game as much as as much as we'd like. Maybe at times we we know he's he's a pretty good weapon like that. The Lions tight end situation is not not very great. Although James Mitchell's been quiet for a couple of weeks, maybe it's it's time to to make him a, a a more feature of this offense. But I think I think the interesting part about this lineup, you know, McGregor talks about how how deep and and treacherous that defensive line is well this is going to be the first week it looks like that the Lions have been quote-unquote fully healthy on the offensive line um with it, it certainly trending towards uh and you know I'm, I should be knocking on wood when I say this because every time we've said like oh look the offensive line is healthy something has fallen apart um but it does sound like uh Evan Brown is going to make his return for uh at right guard which has been the Lions biggest kind of uh weakness there on the offensive line so I, I'm I'm fascinated by this matchup. I don't know if the Lions are going to be able to run the ball. I don't know if they're going to be able to throw the ball. Um, but, you know, it, one of the hottest offenses in the league going against one of the best defenses in the league. I, I don't know, before before we get into our predictions, Ryan, do you just do you have any inkling of, of how this is going to go or, you know, if the Lions are going to be successful offensively? Because it, to me, I just think, okay, we look at some of Goff's worst performances. They came against some pretty good defenses in Dallas and, and, and New England. Uh, and so... I, th- I think of anyone, maybe Goff has the most to prove of anyone on the field this week. I feel like we've kind of been saying that all like season long, right? True. Yeah. And, you know, I the the thing that worries me is that the this game feels like it could be a little bit reminiscent of the Patriots game, just from the aspect that the Jets can get after the, the quarterback. They really can't. And, I, I think we have a lot to desire still with Jared Goff when it comes to him, like making pass rushers miss, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's done a good job, like maneuvering in the pocket. And I think the lions offensive line hasn't really gotten enough credit for how good they've been when it comes to pass protection. But like, yeah, we've seen Goff make throws with guys in his face, but have we seen Goff make guys miss? And I think that might be the storyline to this game is like, can he make guys miss? You know, can he get the ball out quick enough? It's it's a lot. It, I I totally agree with you. I think I think this is Jared Goff's biggest test. Yeah, and and obviously the difference between some of those games he struggles is that the the receiving core is also fully healthy for the first time. So hopefully maybe that that neutralizes some of it. Maybe maybe they take the Mike White Mike White uh, play playbook and just get the ball out quick and and see what the receivers can do. Um, and, and maybe that's a good question to throw to you. So if let's say the lines adopt that sort of strategy, what, what is the, the, the Jets secondary like in terms of tackling? Are they, you mentioned the nickel corner is a little small, but is, is, is everyone else in, in the back end, you know, maybe, maybe more physical and, and, and adept at tackling. It's funny. Uh, Sauce Gardner is the biggest cornerback. Um, and he's probably the least physical tackler. He, hmm. he doesn't like tackling. Um, and that's not that he never makes a tackle, but he he's <laughs> this is not his strong suit. Um, but 
he's not hired for that. And that's not, that's one I always paid for. Um, so yeah, if, if you make him tackle all day, yeah, he'll probably, you'll probably make a tackle or two. Um, DJ Reed is, is a good tackler, but he's undersized. So he could be exploited by a big physical guy. Um, Jordan Whitehead, the safety, um, he will go for the big hit sometimes and miss because of that. That's, that's frustrating to watch. Um, and, uh, Lamarcus Joyner, he's, he's okay. He's, he's nothing special either way. He's, he's just, he's, he's good. He's, he's average. He'll do his job, but he's not so special. Um, the, the linebackers, Qu- Quincy Williams is like um, Jordan Whitehead. That he'll sometimes just go for the just enormous hit and whiff, and that it's just so frustrating to watch. Um, so yeah, there are, there will be times when you might have um, some some problems with the Jets tackling that you could exploit. All right, and with that, I think it's time to move to our prediction portion of the podcast, what we call the one thing we think we know where we make a prediction about the game, not necessarily the score prediction or the winner, just something that we think is going to happen in this game. Uh, Ryan, do you want to recap how you did last week? Because I don't remember. Uh, I thought it was going to be a big Amon Ross St. Brown day, and you know what it ended up being? A big everybody day. Yeah, they spread the ball. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, then let's 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 move forward because uh, I what I say, I think 30 points by each team again, I think, is what my prediction was. And I just missed out on that one. Um, I, I certainly don't think I'm, that's not going to be my pred- spoiler. That's not going to be my prediction this week. Um, but, Ryan, you, you're going to kick things off again. What is the one thing you think, you know, about Lions Jets? DeAndre Swift game. Yeah, I think this is going to be DeAndre Swift game. I think. From everything that McGregor just let us know about, like, hey, you want to attack the Jets, you attack their safeties, you attack their linebackers. And I think that not only is this Jared Goff's biggest test, but, like, this is Ben Johnson's biggest test, too. And let's see how creative he can get. And if he has a healthy DeAndre Swift, I'm saying that he gets 150 yards from scrimmage. I think that this is a a big game for him. Like, we're, we're talking about I, – I think the Jets playing the wide nine – plays into the Lions' strength in terms of, hey, we have a guy like Swift who we can bounce to the outside. We do want him running off our tackles, especially when, you know, Taylor Decker and Panay Sewell are, I mean, they're kicking ass. It doesn't matter if it's in, in pass protection. It doesn't matter if it's in run blocking. And in Panay Sewell's case, it doesn't matter if he's playing tight end. <laughs> but I I think that this all, th- this might be the game, Jeremy, where you go, okay, the Lions need to pay DeAndre Swift. Wow. So, you, so by the way, you're telling everyone in the fa- in fantasy football playoffs right now, start DeAndre Swift. I cannot be <laughs> held accountable for that statement. I'm 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 really confident though that like I I know the Eagles game was huge for him, but like I feel like this could be that kind of game. It's a Swift re- renaissance here. And this is a big swing. I hope it's not a miss. That is a big swing. Uh, all right, McGregor, you're up next. What is the one thing you think you know about Lions-Jets? I think neither quarterback's going to have a big game. I, I don't see Mike White in his health condition against this defense, which is pretty hot right now. I, I could see them turn the ball over a couple of times. And, and I, nobody, no quarterback in the league has had a big game against the Jets the last 10 weeks. So I don't think Jared Goff is going to be the first. So I think neither quarterback is going to have a big game. I think it's going to be a fairly tight defensive struggle. Yeah. And that, that leads perfectly in, into what mine was going to be, which is, and I, I like to go a little bit bold, maybe not as bold as the younger Swift is going to have a breakout game, but bold. I think there are going to be four turnovers in this game. And I'm not, I'm not going to specify who's got what, but uh, I, I just think, 
both these quarterbacks are are very capable of turning the ball over under pressure and and yeah i i think i think the defense has the edge in in, in all basically all of these matchups and so pressure is going to be put on those quarterbacks to make plays and when that happens and the defense can pin their ear, ears back cuz i think I, I don't i don't know if the running game is going to work for either of these teams which means we're talking a lot of third and longs which means we're talking Defensive ends pinning their ear backs and, and and just pass rushing, which means James Houston and and a whole bunch of guys that they can do it on the jet side, um, which means pressure, which means quarterbacks doing bad things. And and so I think I think four turnovers in this game. I, I have a follow up question. OK, if the turnovers are two two, what percentage chance do you give the Lions winning? <laughs> uh, Fifty. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll close things up there. Uh, McGregor, very much appreciate your time. Uh, I know we, we kept you a little bit long too, so I appreciate you sticking around with us uh, and making some time. Um, if, if you want to see McGregor's work and some other people's work, head over to grandgreennation.com. Uh, but until next time, thank you all for listening. We will be back after the game on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit right after the game. Chris will do the post-game show. We'll do the post-game pod right after that. Uh, But until then, guys, thank you for listening. It's chaos. Be kind. 